This is Join the Dots. Hello, this is day two of COP26, 2nd of November 2021. I didn't go in today, but I still have updates for you. Two important milestones and decisions, a bit of art and then a funny encounter at the end. Um, I didn't go in because I had lots of work to do for my day job. I mean, going to COP is also my day job, of course, but more immediate deliveries. Um, and halfway through the day, in fact, there was a message on the COP uh platform saying the venue was reaching capacity, reaching COVID safe capacity, and we shouldn't go in if we don't have to. Um, so on to the milestones. The first milestone is that it's from yesterday, actually. Um, it's the Indian Prime Minister Modi yesterday pledged India to net zero by 2070. Uh, in Turkish, we say Kim Ole Kimkala, who's going to be alive, who's going to be dead by then. Uh, meaning to 2070 is quite a long term time away and way after some of the other pledges. But India is said to be a main, main emitter. So for them to have a net zero pledge is very important. And once a target is set, it can be brought forward. Also, once a target is set, leaders can be held accountable. More importantly, part of this target involves uh, India reaching 50% of its its energy coming from renewable sources by 2030. Now, that's a good target. And India is big on solar. And apparently, Moti is big on solar too. Uh, And of course, more private investment will go into areas to make this target a reality. I got this intelligence from Paul Still, an old friend, one-time business partner who's staying with me um, at my mother-in-law's flat in Glasgow. And he's at the moment chief economist for IIED, International Institute of Environment and Development. And he said, and I quote, Modi declaring net zero alone is worth this COP. So that gives us a bit of hope. And I'll come back and speak to Paul another time. Um, He's out at the COP today. Um, And he suggested he'll line up others for me to interview. Thanks already. Thanks in advance, Paul. The other milestone um, is from this morning's pledge to no net loss of forest cover. You will have seen this in uh, in the news outlets, but even Brazil signed it, signed up. Um, no net loss cannot mean, though, we continue to cut down pristine forest and replace it with new plantations, because new plantations don't deliver all the same benefits as old established forests can do. Um, One ton of carbon is the same wherever you emit or wherever you capture, but the same does not go for all the other services of nature. So it has to be a qualified no net zero. And that's why the headlines is stop deforestation. And two things about that. One, that that pledge has been said, done before, um, and it has not been delivered and two is devil is in the detail as i said no net loss should mean protecting um the pristine forests that we have but now that there's a pledge and there's more social interest more societal interest in these things than when the first pledge was done in 2014 
and we will hold the leaders accountable, won't we? Um, as for the the second point of devil is in the detail, the polit- if the political will is there, science, experts, all interest groups, general public will work hard to deliver that will. Um, we need to, the leaders to keep us together and we need to keep leaders accountable. And what we what can we do as members of the general public? Well, we can eat less meat so that we need less soya to feed the animals we eat um, because lots of the soya is grown on land that used to have forests on it. Um, if you don't want to drink dairy milk, by all means, try others, but perhaps, again, not soya. Um Can you reduce your palm oil consumption? Very hard to do because there's palm oil in almost everything. But can we join campaigns to see the sources of palm oil, to see the information about where palm oil comes from so that it's not from unethical sources, not from deforested land? I think it was Boris Johnson mentioned who mentioned this in his speech yesterday or some other speech that I listened to him. Um, he was keen to add not palm oil from illegal deforestation. It's very hard to know what's illegal, what's legal in, in some of some of these places. And and I hope pledges like this means most. Perhaps one day all deforestation becomes illegal. Probably not all of it immediately because we won't have enough support and delivery for that. But let's start talking about even the possibility. Let's keep the pressure up. Now on to the art bit. Um, yesterday I was visiting the Turkish pavilion and I saw an art piece and I asked the artist who was also there what it was about. So I'm here in the Turkish pavilion in COP26 and we have an artwork here. Uh, created by Özgür Özcan and I'm speaking to Özgür now. Um, hi Özgür, why are you here? Why are you in COP? Hi Ece, uh, we made some art pieces here. We are trying to uh, express our uh, thoughts using this art. This is string art. Uh, most of the people know that in classical way it's applied on wooden panels uh, with some nails and between these nails you just uh, apply the strings. Uh, I worked, uh, I, I taught that in schools and I always looked for a more environmental way to uh, apply this art. So I came up with a solution uh, with a less uh, amount of wood uh, spent and with more environmental uh, materials used. Uh, we can apply the string art in a more up-to-date version here. So uh, we have four big wall panels uh, with the uh, Ottoman, traditional Ottoman uh, patterns here. And we can say that it's a new uh, look to a traditional pattern which is used in architecture also. We have another uh, interactive wall as you experienced before. Uh, here we have each, uh, for each individual, we have some uh, uh, words how they tackle with the climate change. So you pick up a string uh, in different colors uh, according to where you live, and then you move between these nails. 
At the end of this uh, exhibition, maybe one week later, we will have a, a colorful image. I don't know what we, we will see, but uh, it will be colorful and dynamic, uh, I'm sure. But it's a very uh, great uh, experience for us that every individual who visits our stand has a part in this uh, visual. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. To end on a funny note, um, there was a bit of the update yesterday saying I was sitting in the canteen. Well, I left the canteen and as I left the canteen and joined the crowds in the in the main thoroughfare in Blue Zone, um, I suddenly thought, what is all these grey suits around for? There are many grey suits, whereas lots of people are dressed very colourfully, including some... Um, like Native Americans that I saw dressed in their own outfits and and Indonesians in their outfits and um and even some Nordic tribes in, in Scandinavia as well. I I'm sorry, I don't know where they were from, but they looked like that. They were from somewhere in Scandinavia. Um so there's lots of grey suits and I thought, what's happening? And then people started taking photos um, and I was very confused. And then I realized that I'd actually walked into the entourage, entourage of uh, Prince Charles. Yes, he was right in front of me, waving and smiling at everybody. Um, and then I learned that that's because not, him being not surrounded by police or escorts is because Blue Zone is... Uh, officially United Nations territory. So individual countries are not allowed to bring their own security forces in there. And um, and that's fun fact for you. And, um, <laughs> and it was a fun experience for me. So, you know, hello, Prince Charles. Uh, it's all for now, for day two. Uh, I'll, well, I won't see you tomorrow, but uh, I'll be sure to update you tomorrow. Bye for now. Thank you for listening and we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.